so I um, went to the gym. Yeah. And our gym has a tanning bed. And okay. I was like, I'll try that thing out. Uh-huh. Decisions ha- being made. <laughs> Question number one. Yes. Have you ever... Never. Have you... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I was like, hey, let's try it out. I, you know, I had some time. This is how people get into drugs. <laughs> <laughs> let's try it out. I'm bored. <laughs> I asked the guy, okay, how long, how long does it run? And he said 12 minutes. I'm like, well, that's not that long. <laughs> Here's the that's thing. the max amount of time it runs for. That's really long. Yeah. <laughs> now he knows that. Uh-huh. I know this now. So I <laughs> later told him. And about around minute 10 to 11, I was like, this kind of burns. <laughs> does not feel good. But like, I, I only have so much time. I only have a little bit of time left. So it's fine. Tough it out. Just tough it out. It's fine. <laughs> so I am ridiculously burnt right now. Yeah. <laughs> I got confused. Okay. Go big. Mis- <laughs> mistakes were made. <laughs> All right, well, welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast, where we're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff with me, as always, Pastor David Bowser. How are you doing, Patrick? And Elise McCarter. Still here, still pretty successful. Great, great, great. Well, welcome back yeah. to the podcast, everybody. Excellent. Happy to... What is this, sir? We don't know. Second week of Easter, <laughs> our third week of Easter. Goodness. You're already salty oh. about Easter. I see how it is. I'm not <laughs> salty about Easter. It's just we did it. So... With- <laughs> Easter is the first Sunday, like Easter Sunday is Easter, Easter one. Right. Easter one, okay. So this will come out after Easter three. Easter three. Okay. I've determined there are exactly three seasons to the liturgical calendar. We That's have Easter, true. we have mm-hmm. Pentecost, and we have Christmas. <laughs> they all go on for like 14 weeks. So Christmas <laughs> goes on for 12 days. <laughs> okay. But you have Advent, which is pre-Christmas. Uh, Advent sure. is pre-Christmas. Yes. Uh, and then you have Christmas, and then you have uh, Christmas for 10 days. Then, then you, you have, have Epiphany, uh, Epiphany, which is post-Christmas. Which is actually, <laughs> you just have the one day of Epiphany, and then you have the right. season after Epiphany, and then you have Lent, and then you have Easter, and then you have Pentecost, Lent and then you have and the season after the same Pentecost. Thing. That's, that's, that's like Easter saying season. Advent and Christmas are the same thing. It's Easter season. No, those are not the same thing. I, Lent I think and Easter are two very different things. I, I'm I'm more with you on Lent and Easter are have a distinct line in between. Advent and Christmas have it. Oh my goodness! Why do I have to have this argument every <laughs> yeah, time? I know, I know. I'm sure our listeners are are <sighs> thrilled listening yeah. to this again. Uh, let me ask you. It's do not you, even like a surprise that this is a trigger for me at this point. Y'all get it, Pastor David. <laughs> it's just it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it is like telling my daughter to eat her vegetables. Yes, you still have to eat right. all five of the pieces of broccoli that I put right, on your plate. Right. This did not change in the last thirty seconds. Uh, anyway. Speaking of eating. Do you, you like cereal? Yes. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't like seek it out, but if I'm at like a continental breakfast or whatever, I'll have some cereal. <laughs> continental breakfast? No, no way. If there's what? if there's a hot breakfast there, I'm eating the I didn't hot say breakfast. a hot breakfast. I said a continental breakfast. Like uh-huh. if there's a Danish, even if it's a weird cheap yeah, but I'll have grocery like, store plastic box yeah, Danish, I, I will definitely, everything else goes out the window. I'll have like a cereal with a Danish. I will definitely oh. eat cereal, but it is like the lowest yeah. branch of breakfast for me. Yeah, sure, sure. <sighs> I would disagree. I would eat. Uh, the, oh, I would eat a like uh, uh, eggs. a protein bar what? before I eat eggs. Is the lowest eggs I, are like the breakfast staple. I, yeah. I have a hard time trusting people that really enjoy eggs for breakfast. I love eggs. <laughs> what is <laughs> like what bland hot mushiness? I mean, you got to cook them well. Yeah. Are you? Are you Appropri- I should say appropriately. Cook my eggs inappropriately. I'm saying the people that you don't trust sound like they don't cook their <laughs> eggs appropriately. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you were going to get a cereal, we're, we're back on cereal. Okay. What 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 is your cereal go to? Oh, I don't know. Maybe like a cinnamon toast crunch or cinnamon a, toast crunch is good. Yeah. Um, maybe a raisin bran because I like yeah. the raisins. Yeah, I really like most Not cereals, but 
Yeah. I love a tricks. I love a frosted mini wheats. I love a lucky charms. Okay. Marshmallows are too much for me. I'm, I'm on yeah. team frosted mini wheats. I think it's it tricks you into being healthy, but it's actually not. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, see you that, know, like, yeah mm-hmm. but you can feel mm-hmm. good about it. You're, you're like, just eating. Fiber. St- you're just eating straw covered in sugar. That's not. But mm, nope. It's yeah. still covered in sugar, so mm, I will not eat enough. It. I mean, most not of the cereals <laughs> are for children anyway. So like, <laughs> yeah. Um, mm, Count Chocula, if that's available, or ooh. like a Cocoa Pebbles. But I was having this uh, flashback to the childhood. Do you guys remember the? I think it was cookie crunch yes. it was literally just tiny chocolate chip cookies yes, yeah. and they sold it to you as a cereal yeah. <laughs> like, they weren't even pretending they're like look cookie. it's tiny cookies yeah. <laughs> now put milk on it and eat yeah. it like breakfast my son's favorite cereal is reese's puffs you know oh, like right, nice. reese's puffs yeah. yeah reese's all right so anyway uh reese's tropicana reese's introduces the first Uh-oh. cereal oh, no. made for oj no <laughs> oh, okay i like oj so i'm in- i'm inclined to hear what they're gonna i like to a, a lot of things I don't need I bits of 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 wheat <laughs> floating in it. I want to hear what they're going for. What, like what's Because maybe it's like a fruity cereal. I can see a fruity cereal being good with um, an OJ. Tropicana is interesting. The first cereal made for OJ dubbed Tropicana Crunch. Okay. Orange juice on cereal. It could be. You could get like a creamsicle vibe happening here, depending on what direction the cereal you goes. Could I'm gonna what are you? Are you don't. mixing it with milk? Like no, lo- but if like if you have the right flavor in your tropicana crunch perhaps it what gives flavor? you a, what what, flavor? yeah what does tropicana crunch taste like okay is it like space is it still kind of there <laughs> no, 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 no. it is sweet honey almond clusters no Mm-mm. i would try it i'm gonna say no yeah they i said don't think i'd love it but i would try it that the flakes got too soggy too quick i believe that yeah and so the sweet honey almond clusters with the oj all right, friends, we are going to have to have another taste test. <laughs> I am. I don't know. I Cereal's not, always been a safe space for me. <laughs> I am not into I don't this. Ruin it. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll come back. I'll report back. Okay. All right. Here's, um, here's some research here for oh, you. Okay. <laughs> 52 million are willing to try it or have already tried it here in America. I'm one of 52 million we, people. How did we pull that many people that quickly? Half of the adults who poured. OJ over their cereal did so because they thought it looked like it would taste good. They're wrong. And more than <laughs> one in three who tried it did so because they love OJ and thought it would be a good combination. Also Th- wrong. That feels like the exact same. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, 52 million people is a lot of people. That's. I'm wondering if That's they like, actually did that test. I'm trying to remember how so, many so people voted million, in the last presidential fi- election. Not that more, many, right? more, No, more than this. <laughs> I know, but it wasn't, like, it was only like 100 million or something like that. Biden got 80 million. And okay. Trump got like 76. Okay. So we're so. at like 150 there. All right. So that makes me feel a little bit better about right. the world. Yeah. Uh, but still. 15 yeah. million Americans have tried orange juice cereal combo, according to the Tropicana survey research. <laughs> Tropicana is out there polling the people. I got to find out. Tropicana yeah. and Pew, you know, <laughs> the two, our two main polling sources. <laughs> our friends, Tropicana. That's right. Yes. We're now Beyond Sunday brought to you by Tropicana. Look, <laughs> I, I bet it doesn't taste terrible. Because that cereal is like sugar. Just <laughs> pure sugar. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, hey, sh- would you want some sugar with your orange? Sure. Why not? You know, like <laughs> sugar makes everything taste better. Right. Yeah. So That's I bet fair. it does not taste better. But I also not interested. Yeah. If I am going to have cereal, I'm going to stick to a milk based cereal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. That's fair. But again, it is for me lowest of the tiers of okay. breakfasts. I was introduced recently to putting cereal on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. 
and that is really good. I could see the right kind of because it's like a crunchy peanut butter. Like a granola, you put a granola on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I mean, I'm all for crunch on my crunch. That's uh, one of my favorite uh, mouth textures for eating. I like crunch. Crunch. (laughs) Somehow that feels so weird (laughs) to talk about. Edit this out. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're saying, but it just feels weird. Feels wrong. Yeah. (laughs) All food should have a crunch element to it. I don't like crunchy peanut butter. I like crunchy peanut butter. I like peanuts. I like peanut butter. Do not like crunchy peanut butter. I like peanut a butter. peanut and honey sandwich because the honey does oh, yeah. provide that mm-hmm. crunch because it crystallizes it all the peanut yep. butter. So that that's really good. I grew yeah. up on peanut butter and honey. I'm down I with that jam. I love to put uh, potato chips on my PB&J. Mm, nice. Okay. Then you, it's a mind game, right? Because they're like, I'm just eating a sandwich <laughs> <laughs> not a sandwich and chips. <laughs> well, then I also, is this healthy? Right. Then I also get my side of chips. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, it's a win-win. Yeah. My, isn't this healthy? This uh, yeah. peanut butter and sugar jelly <laughs> on white bread. <laughs> Making great choices. <laughs> all right um we are back in the bible oh okay surprise we, we skip. we're done with tropicana <laughs> right. yeah so so we are we are back in the bible uh with the uh gospel of john yeah we're closing out our gospels yeah back with, at uh, it. with the gospel of john so uh did we skip last month or did we skip two no months we, we ago? skipped two months ago okay. we, we did uh-huh. luke last month yeah, yeah. Right. um yeah two so, months ago is when everything got crazy <laughs> so uh the Synoptic Gospels, mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, meaning the same. Yep. Yeah, because they have they have a similar story structure and yep. a similar set of stories. Yep. And then John is the different one. One of these <laughs> things is not like the other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Did there it. are there are some similarities. Oh, yeah. In John with the others, I mean, they mm-hmm. both have Jesus as the main character. There you go. There's they one. That's a big one. A resurrection <laughs> and yeah. crucifixion and a baptism mm-hmm. and a baptism of Jesus. Uh-huh. Uh, all those things are there, including uh, some of the same miracles. Yeah, John's is told in a different order, though, mm-hmm. Often, and yeah. and it has a lot of different in it. Yes. Um. So yeah, I it's it, I think it's clear, kind of clear that the, those three kind of came out closer in time frame, mm-hmm. and, and probably John, earlier. And John mm-hmm. had a chance to see that these were out there, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we need a new testimony of Jesus or my perspective. But <laughs> that story's been told. Yeah. And so I got to tell right. a different story. And John is the only one that, ha- well, I shouldn't say the only It is the one that has the best evidence for having been written by an actual disciple of Jesus. Oh, yes. Interesting. So first, let's talk about the author. Okay. All right. So the author will c- has a, a self-coined title. In it. Maybe. 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 Maybe the author is talking about themselves. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but the author refers to the disciple, John, mm-hmm. as the disciple whom Jesus loves. The author, the author refers to a disciple as the disciple whom Jesus loves. I would it's say it's more fun if we just say it was him. <laughs> probably but there's a really, I mean there's a reason that there's debate about it. Yeah, but we there can is get debate. that later. I, I you know in the overlap when the other disciples talk about John and when John has the kind of the same story and the disciple John's in there, that disciple is called the disciple who Jesus loves. Sure. And the disciple Subtle self plug and the disciple John is not really mentioned. In there. Yep, he's yeah. not mentioned. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So is this the disciple John? Maybe, probably yeah. The be- our best guess is that this probably was written by the disciple John or by one of the disciple John's close yeah. closest followers. There, there is some evidence. It could be this other guy named John, John the Elder. Mm-hmm. It could be him as well. Yeah, but, but it, you know, it's it's who knows. We but know. it was probably written early nineties. Yeah, and so if we remember, <laughs> That's when I was born, zero zero nineties, not right. the yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this would probably be anywhere from 30 to, or I should say 20 to 30 years yeah. after Matthew, Mark, and Luke were probably written and being oh, circulated. Or at least our earliest copies, our earliest, early 90s. 
No, we don't even have copies that are that early. That's how early we think it goes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We so, don't we don't have the earliest original copies of these. So we have, we have copies of copies. Yeah, we have copies of copies. Yeah. And yeah, so if it was the disciple John, you know, some debate is he might have been like a teenager when he was called to follow mm-hmm. Jesus. Yep. And all the disciples likely would have been younger than we typically think of them being. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That they're that that Peter might still be younger than Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he's not. I don't know. But like, he could have been a kid. In if a you, sense. Yeah. If Jesus is calling people to follow him as a rabbi, he was likely calling people who were younger than he was yeah. at the time. I, there's, I think there's some, some evidence that Peter has a spouse, so he might be the older one. So, but I don't know. You also could have gotten married. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Who knows? Okay. So John also has kind of a mission statement at the end of the book of John. Yeah. Like, this is why I wrote this book. I love uh, this. And he says, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Yep. So mm. he's, so Luke also has a mission statement at the front of his book and mm-hmm. John's puts his at the end. Yep. Um, so yeah, let's, let's dive into the gospel of John. Let's do it. All right. So we open with a poem. I love it. Yes. It's beautiful. In this, um, clear homage to the creation story of genesis Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um in the beginning was the word the word was with god and we talk about how that word Mm -hmm. came into being came into being and through the word the universe was created boom yeah so it is a very clear homage to the creation story a new spin on that Mm -hmm. um and painting this picture of that word is jesus Mm -hmm. jesus was involved Mm -hmm. in the creation from the get-go and Jesus is the word through which creation came to be. Yes. And it has been a part of everything yep. from, from the get go. Yep. So Jesus is not a new thing. Yeah. Uh, this is, I mean, John has a much more clearly developed Trinitarian understanding of God than yes. the other two or the three gospels. Yeah. I mean, in part because of this beginning, right? And mm-hmm. in this beginning, we already are seeing this development of, oh, Jesus was with God fully in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Jesus is fully God and fully human. Like this is already playing out in John in a much more real way than it was for Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Right. None of them are denying the divinity of Jesus or anything yeah. like that, but he's just, it's much more developed. Right. I agree. John has, John has more of a cosmic idea mm-hmm. of who Jesus is yep. than the other disciples. And I think part of that is, you know, us looking back sometimes with like, what they should highlight is that Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. But at that time, the big debate was actually, is Jesus human? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, they, they're like, yeah, we can buy Jesus as God, but there's no way he's a human then. Right. Yeah, right. And so the other disciples, the other gospels will highlight Jesus needing food, yep. uh, sleeping, you know, things like that, that mm-hmm. a human would do. Mm-hmm. So like... So, because you know, and now, eating and sleeping, right. and, yeah. and so now <laughs> it's, it's like the the debate has flipped. Yeah. Now there's less debate: is this Jesus character a human? Mm-hmm. And now is this Jesus character actually God? Always finding something new to argue about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So that happens in the beginning, and then we get the, our baptism story with John the Baptist, mm-hmm. and we get this fun moment where Jesus asks the kind of John the Baptist in the crowd, "Who do people say I am?" Mm-hmm. And we get seven answers to this question. <laughs> What's the scuttlebutt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get he's the King of Israel. Oh, he's the Son of God. Uh, he's Jesus of Nazareth. All right. He's the Messiah. Sure. He's a rabbi. Why not? The Lamb of God ah. and the Son of Man. <laughs> okay. And so John is hitting. Everything. Right. Any question you have of what is Jesus, boom, he's answering it right, right. away. And John loves the number seven. We're does. super into sevens in the book of John. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to have... Have we talked about sevens yet? No. Oh. Let's, let's talk about it yeah. now. Well, so uh, sevens, uh, throughout scripture in particular, when we see sevens, it's a, it's a pattern to pay attention to because it was an intentional tool used by authors to draw back both to creation and to the completeness of God. Yeah. And I don't remember exactly how it works, um, but essentially the word, I think, 
if I'm remembering correctly, the way you spell the name of God, when you assign each of those a number, it somehow comes out to seven or so. I don't remember exactly how it works, but seven became very significant yeah. in representing God and completeness and wholeness. And so seven, seven, seven or triple seven is the way that you would describe perfection, right? Because mm-hmm. you didn't have uh, good, better, best. You had saying it three times. That meant it was the best of that thing. Mm-hmm. And so three sevens is the best of the best. One less than God is six. Three sixes or six, six, six becomes the worst of the worst, representing the mark of the beast in Revelation. Yeah. Um, but so anytime we see sevens, we should be thinking back to, okay, this is pointing a, this is pointing out something significant that it's representing something bigger than the fact that there are seven of these things, mm-hmm. right? So in John, there are seven miracles and there mm-hmm. are uh, seven, I think there are seven times that Jesus uses the phrase, I am to describe himself and all in this. Twice. Ref- we'll get into that. Yeah. So it's yeah. referring to that in a more holistic manner. It isn't just about these seven. It's bigger than that thing because it's more complete than that. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. So the other John, again, very intentional with mm-hmm. how they're telling yes. the story. Uh, and I think hopefully if you've been listening to our gospel presentation, you hear like these disciples were incredibly intentional on yep. how they told the gospel stories, um, that it was not accidental. They, these aren't just memoirs. They're telling a very specific story yeah. with very with a lot of intentionality behind it. And very intelligently, too. Yes. For a long time, people thought that the gospel authors were dumb because they did not use proper Greek. And then they discovered that the gospel authors were actually using the Greek that people would have spoken as opposed to like the professional Greek that people yeah. were writing in. Yeah. And so they're they're actually brilliant in wordplay and things that they're drawing with and putting back or pointing back to Hebrew scriptures and things like that. It's mm-hmm. really incredible the things that they're pulling off um, far beyond what most of us understand because it's lost in a lot of our right. English understanding. We just don't see it. We don't get that same connotation. Yeah. So John, right away, who's Jesus? These seven things. All are Jesus yeah. right there. And we're highlighting Jesus is God. Jesus is man. Mm-hmm. Jesus is this very specific man at this time. Rabbi, Messiah. Lamb. Lamb of God, which is going to highlight the sacrificial uh, nature of mm-hmm. who Jesus is going to be. Yeah. All right. And then we're going to support that claim uh-huh. uh, to the first half up. of the book of John. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get through stories of miracles and oftentimes a miracle and a controversy yeah. <laughs> and kind of how people respond to the miracle of Jesus, oftentimes not great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Not unlike how we often respond to miracles now. Yeah. Which we've talked about on our previous uh, miracles. But we did not on miracles specifically, but somehow we talked about this before where John uses the word signs, not miracles, because the signs are all pointing to something yes. greater than themselves. Yeah. Um, and so the purpose of Jesus's miracles or signs are to point people back to God in John's gospel. And people don't always respond to that sign correctly if they focus on the sign itself they're like oh well we just want you to heal us again or feed us again or do this incredible thing to prove who you are and just like this isn't the point Mm -hmm. like these things were all supposed to be pointing you back to god not to me yeah and and john even starts off the the first miracle that we go through is the the turning water into wine and john legitimately says this is the first sign Mm -hmm. like and the next time he's gonna say this is the second sign and then he stops counting but he kind of leaves it to the the end he leaves it to the reader to count uh and we're gonna get that there are seven signs of miracles and that piece that you read at the end the line right before what you read is uh, these are not all the signs that were performed by Jesus yeah. of Nazareth, but these are written, right? And so he's pointing out that the whole book has been about the signs that Jesus did, these seven signs that Jesus did. Uh, yeah. These were here so that you could come to believe that it's pointing mm-hmm. to something else. Yeah, and John also knows, like, you know all those stories that you've read in yeah. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We <laughs> yeah. don't need to go over those. Parables, ones. you get it, right? Yeah, We've right. all heard you it. heard it. <laughs> so we're, 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 we're... You still don't understand it, but we're you've fine. heard it. We're, we're, yeah. we're getting, you know, a new, uh, oftentimes a new story, mm-hmm. not the mm-hmm. same 
difficult one. So uh, any remember here of stories that we get in this first part of John? Yeah, so we get the uh, wedding at Cana, as you mentioned, which is turns water into wine. We're going to get the story of the woman at the well, uh, yep. which is one of my favorite stories of uh, inclusion and conversation about this incredible uh, moment where Jesus uh, has this vision with a Samaritan woman who he's not supposed to be talking to and tells her all these things about her life. And she becomes this great proclaimer of uh, the gospel to her town uh, that previously hadn't accepted her. Uh, let's see, how far are we going as far as considering the early parts of John? Uh, Everything pre-Lazarus. Oh, everything pre-Lazarus. Okay, so eventually we get uh, a feeding of a crowd, uh, which is similar to the feeding of the 5,000 and stuff that we get other places. Um, Jesus travels to Jerusalem several times. In fact, John's Gospel is where we get the timeline of three years of Jesus' ministry because there are three Passovers that are mentioned in uh, John's Gospel, and so there are three times when Jesus goes there. Um, turns over the t- table a lot earlier uh, in John's gospel than he does in some of the other gospels. It's not connected to Palm Sunday like it was mm. other places. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, great. From great. memory, without anything in front of me, that's what I got. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> Just a little flex there. Hey, yeah. Just John is, John is my it. favorite gospel. Yeah. I love. Right. I, you know, I go on right. record. I love John. I love the way it's written. I love the way it's composed. I think it's brilliant. The one you missed Ooh. is yeah. meeting with Nicodemus. Oh, yeah. He does meet with Nicodemus as well. Nicodemus. Not my favorite story, but yeah, an important one. Yeah. Well, uh, this is <laughs> okay. a, it's an important to Christendom because it, le- sure. it, it leads to a phrase that uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, evangelical Christianity latched onto. Yeah. I'm not an evangelical Christian. So, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, we, we still. Uh, <laughs> Let's go ahead and say it just for the. Yeah. For a born again Christian. Yep. This comes from the conversation with John and Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a rabbi. Mm-hmm. So he is kind of like Jesus at the time. He's a, yeah. he's a well-respected teacher of the law. And, uh, and and understands the Torah and the Old Testament and has followers. Mm-hmm. And Nicodemus kind of likes Jesus. Yeah. But he's also meeting with he's Jesus interested. in the dead of night. Yeah. Because not, not everybody likes Jesus. <laughs> right. And he's like... Eh. And he's like, do I like Jesus though? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like this out. <laughs> I want to, but I don't want anybody to know. Right. Yeah. right? Like, I, 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 let's, let's have a conversation. <laughs> and Jesus tells them, if you want to be saved, you have to be born again. Yeah. And that's kind of that born again Christian yeah. mentality mm-hmm. kind of comes from is this yep. conversation with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus doesn't get it. He's like, What? That's not gonna happen. I'm gonna I'm a man. Yeah. I'm not gonna, you know, be able to get born again. That's yeah. not how it works. I think the phrase climb into my mother's womb is thrown out there. Ooh, yeah. Not gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think she's interested in that either. Right. Right. So like nobody wants that. <laughs> like Yeah. So uh so all that happens and then we kind of get the 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 high point of the first half, the climax of the first half, which is raising of Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the final trip back to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And we have this mindset that is very clear of like, if Jesus goes back to Jerusalem, it will be his last time back to Jerusalem because mm-hmm. he's going to die there. Mm-hmm. And he gets word his buddy Lazarus is, is dying. And he's like, well, do I, you know, in a sense, Go back to Jerusalem, save Lazarus' life at the expense of my own. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of this this debate, and whether it's explicit or not, this is what is happening. This like this will happen if I go back there. Mm-hmm. Lazarus dies before he makes it back there. And dies before Jesus even leaves. Yeah, yeah. Jesus is <laughs> Jesus is gonna sit on yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Jesus makes <laughs> it back, raises Lazarus from the dead. It's this incredible moment of power over death. Mm-hmm. But that is kind of the. But this is leading to Jesus's death. Yeah. Um, that to save Lazarus is going to cost Jesus's life. Right. So. Yeah. 
coming out of this story, a couple of the reasons that we debate about who this or who the disciple whom Jesus loved is, is that during the Lazarus story, Jesus weeps over Lazarus' mm-hmm. tomb, and the people say, "See how he loved him." Yeah. And uh-huh. only after that does the name the disciple whom Jesus loved appear. Oh, so, so that's, it could that's be one Lazarus. Of the, that's one of the pieces of evidence is that the disciple whom Jesus loved is actually referring back to Lazarus, and that Lazarus was sitting with Jesus at these various places. Yeah, well, he lived a good long run afterwards if he wrote this ninety years later. Oh, we don't. I don't. I don't think that Lazarus wrote this. Okay. I think that John is referring to Lazarus as the one whom Jesus loved. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, we also get the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus yeah. swept right here, which is a powerful Boom. verse. Yeah. In case all you who want to uh, win Bible memory. It's trivia. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus swept. Shortest Jesus. verse in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's a powerful verse, a it reminder is. of Jesus' uh, mm-hmm. love and concern. for yeah. And the whole Lazarus story is really beautiful. It's awesome. And, you know, Mary and Martha both come with the same, like, complaint. You know, their first greeting to him is, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. <laughs> and, like, both of them say the exact same words. Right. And just, it's just, it's an incredible story. I love the Lazarus story. I agree. This is I'm a, the resurrection and the life. This is this All is who the, believe in me. Yeah. This is again. This is the the climax of the first half. Yeah. Of John. That's great. And then we're gonna kind of come down into um, a large, large portion in between, basically the Last Supper mm-hmm. and the crucifixion. And we're mm-hmm. kind of really transitioning hard there. Yeah. Uh, but the Last Supper, we get this. Also, a really powerful story of Jesus bending down to wash his disciples' feet. Only place where we get this version of the story. Yes. No version of communion in John's uh, telling of the story. Yeah, we don't get that. Mm-hmm. We don't get the, the new mandate, the covenant of the, the cup and the bread. We get the new mandate. The new mandate is love one another. Yes, yeah. but we don't get that. We, we don't, don't get, get the command. Yeah. Connected yeah. to the Passover right. feast. Uh, yeah, and, and through the washing disciples' feet, this humiliating act mm-hmm. that Jesus goes through. And it's not only humiliating to Jesus— kind of is humiliating for the disciples Mm -hmm. not only to experience this to be told you're gonna do what i'm doing yeah um and that is a little bit of like whoa 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 whoa. (laughs) like (laughs) i don't know if the disciples i'm sure thinking like i don't know if this is really what i signed up for you know the prestige the power the excitement of bringing in a new kingdom yes but being told the new kingdom is brought in by being a suffering servant mm-hmm. is like that is kind of a humbling process yeah. that the disciples don't quite get. And then we Jesus will transition into uh, a very like Matthew has the very large sermon at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Luke has his very large sermon in kind of the middle. John's very large sermon is at the end. Yep. Uh, and only to the disciples. And only to the disciples. Yes. Uh, his big speech and prayer mm-hmm. uh, that he's kind of going through. The high priestly prayer. Yes. <laughs> That's its academic title. <laughs> That sounded very academic. Yeah, yeah that was great. Uh-huh. Yeah. Felt like I had elbow patches on when I said it. <laughs> and so uh, the highlights of this high priestly pair. Uh-huh. Very nice. Yeah. This uh, high priestly pair. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just, tails. I could, I could go for a high pe- priestly pair right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> well, the night does go pear-shaped. So. <laughs> um, Jesus is going away, uh-huh. but we're sending a spirit cool. or, or advocate, Yeah, depending on how we're phrasing this right yeah mm-hmm. uh that spirit is dr- is draws us into the love between the father and the son mm-hmm. uh so we're getting a high trinitarian moment that mm-hmm. this spirit is is the love that exists b- between the father and the son yep and draws us into that love mm-hmm. um the disciples With the father and son he is worshiped yes. and glorified sorry that's uh creed sorry <laughs> <laughs> if you're a, we slipped into something else sorry, already. No, bad. <laughs> if you're a disciple of jesus you're in that love you're, you're being drawn to that love um and he kind of uses this analogy of like um grafting onto a branch mm-hmm. so you're brought into 
you know, a dead branch being brought into a living tree and now you're grafted into or a living vine yeah. and you're grafted into there. Which is a thing that can happen in botany, I think. It can. Yeah. <laughs> Theoretically possible. I, th- I think that's like a real thing. It's yeah. not just like, oh, look what we can do. Right. Yeah. Don't ask me how to do it. It's but. not like it's not like Frankenstein. Like I think it's actually a thing that people do. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah. Franken plant. Frankenbush. <laughs> yeah. Um the spirit will empower his followers, Jesus' followers, to do his mission. Yeah. And there's going to be opposition. Yep. This is kind of the high points of this this long sermon that Jesus People gives. People are going to hate you for it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the climax is, but take heart because hmm. Jesus has overcome the world. Woo. Yeah. And that's when we're getting into, well, how does Jesus overcome the world? Yeah. Boom. Right away, he's arrested. Mm-hmm. We're going to trial. Yeah. We're going to, to be done to be crucified. Uh, but right before that, this really awesome part happens where Jesus come to arrest Jesus and they're like, hey, are you Jesus? And he says, I am. And this and this, <laughs> the soldiers like fall back because it's like, right. oh my gosh, this is too powerful. Yeah. This is like such a, he. I guess Jesus says it really the, cool. The Iron right. Man moment. Right. Yeah. So, he so really gets it. You know, so slick. He really, yeah, it's powerful. There's like right. an explosion behind uh-huh. him. You know. And he doesn't look at it because yeah. that yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all those things. And this is the culmination of this phrase, I am, mm-hmm. that we see in the gospel of john so yeah. so we mentioned before yep john seven times will say jesus says i am something blank i yep. am the tree or the vine you are the branches i am the good shepherd I i've am, got them do oh, you, are, bread or, of do you, life. or do you want to do them by memory well i got three of them that's probably as many as well there's that i am so that's four all right so i'm over I half am that i am <laughs> i'm that i am <laughs> in case so, you're confused not the other I, do. I am so we get we get i'm the bread of life uh-huh, i'm them. the light of the world oh i've missed light of the world okay. i am the gate for the sheep oh uh, yeah all right i am the good shepherd uh-huh. i am the resurrection Oh, yeah. I am the way, the truth, and the life, uh-huh. and I am the true vine. Yeah, I could have gotten there, but it would have taken me more time than is appropriate on the podcast. <laughs> and, <That's fine. laughs> and also, seven times, Jesus will refer to himself as I am. Mm-hmm. And so this is a significant word. So why don't you walk us through, like, because this doesn't just mean, like, I am means more than just I am. That's right. Yeah. It's just, it's more than I am cool. I <laughs> yeah. am date, right? Yeah. I am so, uh, we, pentameter. <laughs> what? Oh, I am big pentameter. <laughs> sorry. With the enunciation and the pause, I was like, well, what did you <laughs> just say? <laughs> uh, so, all right, we got to go way back to the Old Testament, as we so often mm-hmm. do. Um, and we go to Exodus and God revealing God's name to Moses. And when God reveals uh, God's name to Moses, God says, or Moses says, who should I tell them sent me, right? When I go to Israel and I go to Pharaoh, who should I tell them that sent me? And God says, tell them I am sent you. Mm-hmm. And that's roughly uh, translated as Yahweh, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, we say roughly because there were no vowels. So we're kind of guessing on the vowel sounds with it. And it was not pronounced. It was, you know, inappropriate to speak the name of God, because if you spoke the name of God, you might be taking the name of God in vain. So you didn't ever speak the name of God. Mm-hmm. And so all those places in the Old Testament uh, where you're reading and you see Lord in all capitals, um, that is the English version of not speaking the name of God. And so in the Hebrew, that would actually be Yahweh, but they would say out loud Adonai, which means Lord. And so it became Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so in uh, Greek, when they started doing this, they used the phrase I am, which would be, would have been the you know, uh, translation of the phrase Yahweh. And it came out ego eimi, which is I am in Greek. Uh, and so you have these phrases of Jesus using ego eimi, and it's kind of invoking the name of God. And it's, it's more than just saying, I'm a dude from Nazareth. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus mm-hmm. making this claim of, this is my name. I am. Right. I'm the one who was sent by God. Yeah. Yeah. So um, very clear. If you are reading the Gospel of John, Jesus is very clear saying, right? yeah. I am is, is, is not just, yeah, again, not just a cool phrase. It's, I am Yahweh. Yeah. 
this is presence yep. of God. All this is happening at once. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a loaded statement at the time too, yes. mm-hmm. right? Instead oh, of like we hear that and we think, oh, it's just kind of a strange like, yeah, way fact, to refer to yourself, but that carried a lot of significance. Yeah, I think if I'm remembering the the stories correctly, when we get to the crucifixion, Jesus is being uh, tried before the high priests and they say, are you the son of God? And Jesus says, you say that I am and invokes that name again. Mm-hmm. And that's when they rip their clothes and say, what other uh, confession do we need? And mm-hmm. uh, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, so then we get the trial, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus and mm-hmm. John. Um, good stuff. And, and the resurrection, again, is called the seventh sign. Yep. So if you've been keeping count, here's our seventh miracle. Boom. <laughs> Boom. And it, it culminates in Jesus uh, being raised from the dead. Um, Jesus appears to the disciples, sends the Holy Spirit to them, and then we have a little bit of an epilogue mm-hmm. uh, towards the end. We, um, we'll, we'll get into kind of the theology of the, sure. the, the cross and the resurrection. Yeah, we don't want to just like blow press. Blow but but, but is there anything about the story in John that, that we wanted to highlight before we get there? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that's uh, valuable, the timeline that we have for the crucifixion comes mostly from John. Mm-hmm. And so when we're thinking about like how long Jesus was here and what time of day was Jesus on the cross and what was that, like that's mostly played out most explicitly in John's gospel, uh, in part because we think John was actually there and, yeah. you know, had the most direct account of it. Um, you know, there's some other interesting things that happen when you read uh, read the crucifixion portion of the story with the disciple as Jesus loved as Lazarus versus it being John, but that's, you know, for another podcast probably, sure. so... Maybe not ours. Maybe not ours. (laughs) Somebody else. (laughs) Uh, Then we get an epilogue. Um, Yeah. And so it's all right. Some interesting stuff happening in John and, and really post resurrection. We get a lot of interesting things where Jesus is kind of popping into the disciples lives. Mm -hmm. So we don't get really prolonged exposure to Jesus. Right. And I don't, really know why like mm-hmm. I, I maybe you pastor david you might have like more of a theological answer but we don't really kind of get the, the the text itself does not give us a good answer of like why doesn't jesus just like hang around why are oh, we yeah. popping in and out i have no idea yeah i mean that's the story we're given i don't yeah. I, I could come up with a theological reason but mm-hmm. in yeah. reality it's just that's what happened that's the way right. it was yeah yeah i appreciate when you went over this with our confirmation students you kind of highlighted that the resurrection process changes jesus yeah they mm-hmm. don't recognize him right away mm-hmm. that it, mary thinks he's a gardener in john's gospel yeah yeah, yeah that 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 it, the, that process he is something new mm-hmm. um and so i do like that that in that newness, the relationship changes. Mm-hmm. And so he's not quite the same rabbi that he was yeah. before. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's no longer their rabbi. Yeah. He's now the resurrected Lord. That's a different. Right. Yeah. yeah. So in this epilogue, uh, we get the disciples fishing mm-hmm. and Jesus says, hey, fish over there. Cool. And they are like, we're not catching any fish. They don't recognize him. They mm-hmm. throw their nets in. They catch a bunch of fish. It reminds them of the time right at the beginning where they met Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus was like, hey, why don't you fish over there? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, it's Jesus. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's a good reminder to them and to us, like the life of the, a disciple, which is hopefully what you as a listener desire to be um, or are curious about. Um, is based on not in how effective we are at fishing. Yeah. It's in following Jesus. That's what it is. Yeah. And so there are plenty of people out there who look effective at mm-hmm. fishing mm-hmm. or at doing the Lord's work who are actually kind of terrible disciples because they're not really following Jesus very well in their lives. And so the measuring stick is not like how good a job, how persuasive they are, how smart they sound. It's how closely are they following Jesus. Sure. And so I think this is a reminder. That's what it looks like. Listening to when Jesus says, 
fish over there. there. Mm -hmm. You fish over there. Mm -hmm. That's the life of the disciple. And then we get this kind of Peter and the author of Uh John have this last interaction with Jesus where Jesus restores Peter Mm -hmm. through asking him three times, who do you say I am? Mm Because Peter denied Jesus three times by asking, are you with him? Mm -hmm. And It's actually three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Yeah. Yeah, Do you love me? Because, yeah, there's there's another great wordplay in Greek on using different versions of the word love that we miss in English because we love our spouses and hot dogs the same. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't prepped for that. (laughs) It's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's pa- I mean, it's Patrick's line, right? We, right? we use the same word to describe how we love our spouse, children, whatever, as we do It's hot true. Dogs. Yeah, we yeah. need more variations. And Greek has variations, and right. the variations play out in that conversation yeah. in a very powerful way. But mm-hmm. yeah. And then, yeah, Peter and John are kind of given two similar yet different missions from Jesus. Mm-hmm. So Peter's is feed my sheep. Do it. Lead the sheep. You're in charge of leading the movement of, of Jesus. And John, you're in charge of telling the story. Uh, so this is going to happen. So when at this moment, John is, hears like, I've got to write this down at some point. And that might not be for 50 or 60 years. If this is the disciple, John, who's writing this yeah. down, yeah. you know, but we're kind of getting kind of similar yet slightly different movements. Um, and that, there you go. That is the gospel of John. It's also possible that that epilogue was written by somebody else as an, as an addendum to it. Yeah. That was not the original. Yeah. Author. There's, there's another story here, uh, where Jesus, uh, Asked the kind of more a famous story from the Gospel of John of like he he was with without sin cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. That's also not in the earliest things yeah. that we have. That doesn't mean it's not there, right? But it means maybe it's in the original text. Maybe it's right. not. And right. you know it's there now, so it doesn't mean it's not something that we can't uh, hear the Spirit's voice through. Which is yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- I, that, that all plays into the biblical literalism conversation, which yeah. is mm-hmm. another podcast as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't, mean, that we've had. That doesn't right. mean too much to me as a reader, but yeah. it does mean, it could mean a lot to other readers. So. Ain't good. Um, so I don't know if you knew this. There is a movie based on the Gospel of John called The Gospel of John that is verbatim. Mm. Um, oh. I think it's actually a pretty solid movie. It's long. It's like three hours long. Okay. But, but I think if you're like, I want to watch a movie based on Jesus, I would think that this is, this is better than The Passion of the Christ. Yeah, right. sure. That's, yeah. A, that's a bar to get over. Well, <laughs> the Passion of the Christ is is, is far more it's successful sure. retelling right. of that. Far more well, well known. You know, you add Russell Crowe into anything, and Russell, Russell Crowe. No, he's Jesus, right? No, it's no. Uh, Jim Caviezel. Yeah, who's Jesus? Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel. No, but who's Russell Crowe? <laughs> he's not. In. Pretty positive. He's not <laughs> he involved. He's not involved. Yeah, you guys keep talking. He's not. You're going to Google this. I guarantee he's not. All right. So no. like 12-year-old me really latched on to Russell Crowe. He's a gladiator. <laughs> he is a gladiator. <laughs> I must have gotten confused. Yeah. There's Romans in both. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the the person who plays Jesus in the Gospel of John um, is in the TV show Lost. Oh. Uh, he plays Desmond oh. if you've ever seen Lost. I'm so. not, but cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so he's, you know, a an actor, an actor who has... <laughs> Prestige. He yeah, has, he right. has roles. He's done things. He's not just like some guy. Some guy who like was really good at like you uh, study school plays. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're ranking the, these things. Two thumbs up, right? You know, it's the gospel. My still favorite is still Luke. Yep. But after researching John, I'm like, John is really good. It's great. It might be number two. I will. I will grant you that the high priestly prayer gets a little dry. It is. It, it gets is, dry in the middle. I will understand. Yeah, that. towards that end, when you get through the 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 Lazarus, the washing of the feet, and you're like, kind of like, oh, this is real long, right. you know, like. And I don't think it's as interesting as the Sermon on the Mount. 
Yeah, that's fair. So, so are the Sermon on the Plain. I think those Either have one of them. more interesting stuff going on. Yeah. Like, if somebody's like, hey, you want to join a dis- uh, Bible study about that or about this? I'm like, I'm going the Sermon on the Mount. It's yeah. just more interesting to me. Yeah. And you know, I think that there's a lot more. Uh, this is going to sound snooty, and I do not intend it to, but I think there's a lot more to John as you get under the surface, right? Yeah. At a surface level reading, John is not that fascinating. Mm-hmm. and it, But there's so much happening if you take the time to, as Patrick you mentioned, right, as you take the time to dig in a little bit deeper to have that research to it, whereas you can really get into Luke or to Matthew even, you know, at kind of that first surface level yeah. point. Yeah, I agree. I think you can read Luke as like as you're reading a novel yeah. and it mm-hmm. works. Yeah. And I don't think John works quite the same way. Yeah. So John is more like reading... I don't know. But some novel that you really have to like understand the backstory to get Dune. into. Sure. It's like reading Dune. <laughs> sure. There you go. I don't or know or maybe like for American audience, it's like reading Shakespeare. Like it's sure. more yeah. valuable when yeah. you put in the work. Yeah. You know, like reading it as as written is like, oh, I don't even know what he's saying. Yeah. You know, but like the more work you put in, the more Romeo, valuable it is. Romeo. I don't know who that is. Well, <laughs> that's probably the easiest one. Right. Yeah, that's not the best example. <laughs> but that's the one that came right. to me off the top of my head. <laughs> All right, so we want to get into... Oh, by the way, Russell Crowe, definitely not in The Passion of Christ. What was he in? <laughs> Gladiator. I, I no. don't know what you're... I, I, don't know, I don't know how I could say what you think he's in. He's in Noah, all right? He, he was in Noah, that's hmm. true, which was not The Passion of the Christ. Maybe I just felt like they but were all like, the same. <laughs> really terrible. Yeah. I think yeah. it was not good. Noah? Yeah. I've never seen He it, was actually. in Les Miserables. He's in Les Mis. Uh, a Beautiful Mind. Yeah, uh, LA Confidential. Look, all similar. We all can't similar. just keep guessing what Elise thinks <laughs> this movie might have been <laughs> in her imagination. I don't know why I thought Russell Crowe was Jesus. <laughs> I don't know why either. I watched it too. I watched The Passion of the Christ in yeah. theaters. <laughs> yeah. Like, really believed it was Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> you probably had conversations with friends about how right. great Russell Crowe was. Yeah. They, yeah. they did not want to correct like, you. <laughs> Just uh, let her have this one. He was in a movie called The Next Three Days, which is kind of sounds resurrection-y, <laughs> but I don't have any idea what it's about. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move past this. Okay. Robin uh, Hood? Yeah. I bet Gladiator era Russell Crowe would have made a fine Jesus. Sure. Probably a little too, I think a little too buff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little too like. Hefty Jesus. Hefty yeah. Jesus. Right. Yeah. Like he's thick. You right. know? Yeah. Yeah. Russell Crowe as Jesus was always, there was always a chance he was going to cut off your ear. Yeah, that Russell Crowe. But real Jesus was going to say, no, don't cut off your ear. That Russell Crowe <laughs> grabbing the sword with Peter. That's right. He's cutting off some heads. Yeah. Thug Jesus. Yeah. Or warrior Jesus. Yeah, warrior. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, that that's uh, Revelation Jesus. Mm-hmm. I can could, I could see that. You know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Jesus is the new thing when he comes back. So <laughs> Revelation Russell Jesus, yeah. Russell Crowe. Yeah. All right. So Dreamcast so, right now. <laughs> so let's talk about the, 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 the cross. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so you this got is this an upright vertical <laughs> beam. <laughs> okay. I got you. Right. So this is Hashtag this is a powerful <laughs> theological explanation here of like, okay, Jesus dies on the cross, yeah. rises three days later. Yep. Through that process, sins forgiven, Woo. death defeated, Hey-o. redemption for humanity is achieved. My favorite part. And so how? That's the yeah. question of like, how Good does question. this happen? <laughs> and so let's get into like, there's the some, <laughs> some theological <laughs> theories of how that happens. There are. Oh. Yeah. Why don't you give us one? You were absolutely sure. carrying this part of this conversation. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think probably the most famous two uh, would be uh-huh. uh, substitutionary atonement, uh-huh. or uh, what we. <laughs> That's a song from Mary Poppins. Substitutionary atonement is absolutely <laughs> not a song. It no. makes Russell the medicine Crow go down. Was also <laughs> 
substitutionary atonement makes the medicine <laughs> go, go down. down. Yeah. All right, that's we can't sing anymore. The fiduciary, <laughs> it's the fiduciary, something or another. I'll get there. <laughs> Was it sung by Russell Crowe and Mary Poppins? Is that right? He's the chimney sweep, right? So substitutionary. Oh, good lord! Let's get yeah. Substitutionary atonement would be that all of us uh, deserve a sin or a punishment, right? We have yeah. all mm-hmm. sinned, and there's a punishment that goes along with that. And Jesus becomes the substitute for that and takes our punishment on our behalf. And kind of going along with that would be what we described uh, pre-air as the penal uh, punishment uh, option or atonement theory, right? That um, Jesus takes on this. This punishment on behalf of a God who demands, uh, ret- or not retribution, what's the word that I'm looking for? It demands uh, payment be made for the, the offense sure. that have been happened of these sacrifices. And so Jesus dies in order for that to be paid on behalf of all people because Jesus himself was sinless. And so you can only have the one who was without debt pay the debt for those who are in debt. Yeah, I think it's the idea we have a holy God and an unholy people. How can they be reconciled right. without without one bending to the other right. so and and god in the old testament is is very clear like there's a divide between me and you as mm-hmm. for humanity like we cannot exist on the same plane right which and is yet, where we get most of leviticus right it's the outlining you know guidelines for living in communion mm-hmm. with a yeah. holy god as an unholy people yeah, yeah. and so if and humi- being god's people on earth right? right and how we draw other people into that right holiness and, yeah and if the goal is ultimately for humanity to come back into mm-hmm. eternal communion with god something has to change mm-hmm. and so the idea is well jesus paves that way by living the holy life he lives the life we should have lived dies the death we should have died we get back into god's good graces in a sense yeah yeah yep. which i don't think is necessarily completely wrong right i, th- I think there are ways to think there's about definitely it. elements there that are, that i agree with and yeah. also that Paul is going to highlight. Absolutely. So, I mean, I mean like, all of these are, like, these are rooted in elements yeah. of Paul or other pieces of scripture, right? People aren't just like throwing these out and like, oh, yeah. let's take this piece of pasta and see if it sticks to the wall. Like they're, they've got real, they've yeah. got backing. I think some right. of them are more adequately backed and, and, and a broader reading of scripture than just a, oh, here's a verse that I read that makes what I say sure. uh, stand out as correct. All right. What's our second one? Those were the two. Those were substitutionary time. And, and Whoops. <laughs> okay, so, so we covered both. So yeah, let's, we covered both of those. Yeah. Uh, let's get a clear line in between those two. So so we know which one, like... It's hard to draw a clear yeah. line between those two. Okay, so one is... So they have overlaps. Yeah. Yeah, w- one is has more of like a debt is being paid. Yeah, mm-hmm. And sure. the death equals the debt. The other is the wrath of God is poured out, yeah. in a okay. sense. Yeah. Uh, and, and on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, there's elements there of Jesus saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken yep, me absolutely. from the cross has this element of there's that, that sep- Jesus experiences that separation so that we do not have to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. now are those things definitely what happens? No. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to say, I know through Jesus's death and resurrection mm-hmm. My relationship with God has been restored and redeemed. That mm-hmm. much I'm 100% confident on. I don't know how mm-hmm. no it idea. did that. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Yeah. And, and I think that we can talk about it and we can get theories that are closer or further away from what might be yeah. correct. But I don't know that we're ever going to know. And I don't think right. that's what God desires for us. I, I, I don't think that's the por- purpose of the story. story. Mm-hmm. You know, G- John says in his gospel, this is written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that you may uh, have life in his name, 
not so you can come to understand how all that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's not the purpose of the gospels. It's not the purpose of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like looking to the creation story to understand exactly how the world was made. That's not why it was written. It's, <laughs> it's there to understand that God is bigger yeah. than us. Right. And mm-hmm. it's a different purpose than what we're uh, there to serve. But I think what you know you said that is a value that we need to remember is that there is an element in which Jesus's death and resurrection is necessary. Yeah. Because yeah, that's the other question that people are going to have with us. Did yeah. Jesus have to die mm-hmm. for that redemption or, re- or restoration yeah. to take place? Yeah. And I would say yes. I, th- I think the death has to occur mm-hmm. because I think that, you know, as I've preached myself, right, you can only get to resurrection through death, right? You can't yeah. be raised to life if you're still alive. Like, that doesn't make any sense, right? You can only be raised to life through death. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that piece of the journey is absolutely necessary. The piece that I think people often get hung up on that I think we misunderstand is I don't know that the cross was necessary. Yeah. I think that, you know, Jesus was human. So Jesus was going to die, mm-hmm. right? That, that all humans are going to die. Jesus was going to experience death in one way or another. But humanity demanded Jesus be put on the cross and die, right? It's the, it's the crowd of humans who shout, crucify him, crucify him, and drag him through the streets and hang mm-hmm. him on the cross, right? God does not come down and say, all right, all you people, crucify Jesus. Like, right. That's not what God does. Humans demand that. And so I think the death had to occur. I'm increasingly less convinced that the cross was demanded by God mm-hmm. as, as much as it was a, a human demonstration of our own brokenness and our right. own unwillingness to accept the redemptive gift that's being offered mm-hmm. right can i circle back for a second to sure. the uh atonement theories that we were talking about yeah, yeah. um just i'm trying to form this question uh but is there one of them one of the two is it is there more an element of finality to it theologically versus what do you mean by finality say, the debt was paid right mm-hmm. and jesus has paid that debt mm-hmm. is that then like it's sort of like self-contained versus the other one god's wrath is poured out on jesus but that almost sounds like that is a thing that could potentially like well up again you understand the question i don't think either of them would understand it that way because it's speaking in a cosmic uh, level not in a not in a temporal uh, linear mm-hmm. time sense right so it's not like oh god's wrath was poured out mm-hmm. in 2000 years ago and now god's wrath has been boiling back up sure. for the last 2000 years yeah. it's like at a cosmic level um this has been accomplished it's okay. you know as jesus says on the cross it's finished okay. right it's done um and so it's it's happened once and for all and it's kind of like reading revelation right revelation is describing events that from a cosmic perspective have already taken place it's mm-hmm. already accomplished the battle is already won we're just living into that linear truth eventually okay um so i, I think it's more on those lines for both of them okay yeah and i think personally like if you were to ask me like what do i think I like the debt atonement theory. I yeah, sure. that that makes sense to me. I like it. I'm also willing to engage in there's elements of mystery mm-hmm. and I could be flat wrong yep. and I'm fine with that. Right. Like so and I'm I'm am more of I think the cross is part of the resurrection story yeah. as opposed to you Pastor David. I think that it is attached to it so intimately it's hard for me to separate. Oh for the sure. Two. And I just think it's our demand that the cross is there yeah. and not God's demand that the cross is there. It's absolutely a part of the story. I don't want to deny that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So so I, I think we can say there's a lot of theories about this. I mm-hmm. think one thing is for sure. There is a finality there. Yep. And two, that is the point of Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Whether we like those things or not, the death and resurrection, if it's not true, none of this matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like not one bit of it. Like um, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it makes you a nice person, a better husband, a better mom. Doesn't matter. Yep. That this is the only thing that uh that uh if it's not true, who cares? Yeah. So. So all right, those are some of uh, the theology of uh, the cross and the and the resurrection. 
Yeah. A little five-minute primer in atonement theories. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Still confusing. <laughs> sure. You uh, could well, spend a year on right. it and it would still be confusing. I, I think, I guess, attached to that, I don't know, you know, where the lines are drawn. In the Old Testament, God has like, okay, to absolve the sins of the people, mm-hmm. we have to sacrifice the perfect lamb. Right. And Jesus is the ultimate perfect, perfect lamb, lamb right. that absolves all of the sin right. of the people. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we're, we can kind of say like, this was set up way back when, yeah. and this is the fulfillment of mm-hmm. that. And that's why we don't have to sacrifice lambs anymore. Right. And not because it's gross. <laughs> we don't want it. <laughs> yeah, because we have no problem killing animals. Right. Yeah. Like, we didn't stop sacrificing lambs because we stopped and all became vegetarians. And like, we stopped yeah. sacrificing lambs because Jesus did that forever. Yeah. So we don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There right. you go. I like John. I'm for it. Dig into I'm it. I'm also pro. Yeah. yeah, nobody was anti right. John. <laughs> you all seemed pretty anti John right. early on. I'm feeling defensive. We just said Luke, Luke was our favorite. Right, yeah. pretty anti John. <laughs> Matthew is my least favorite. That's so. fine. Yeah, we can all we gang up, up on Matthew. We can all gang up on Matthew. But I love the Sermon on the Mount. So sure, That's but a good one. but after that, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Every gospel has its advantages. Yeah. But John has no weaknesses. <laughs> you just said that that last that that garden of the I was clearly right. being facetious. Right. Sermon is a little. Are we done? Am I wrapping this? It's real long and. All right. Well, if you liked this episode <laughs> or any of our previous uh, episodes, well, be sure to check out the rest of our uh, Bible series that come out the first Monday of almost every month. Almost. Uh, and you can go back and check out. We've done a lot of the Old Testament, and mm-hmm. we've worked through all four of the Gospels now. And so we'll see where we're going next. Probably into Acts. some letters. Oh, Acts. Yeah, we got to do Acts. That's a good point. We got to find out what those disciples did. We'll go into Acts first. All right. So uh, join us for that next month. But come back next week. Acts uh, might even be two parts. Okay. Are you gonna keep interrupting me? Because I think I think you can do one more time. I think you could do <laughs> the disciples, oh, wait. the, the, the disciples man. that we know in Acts, and then the new disciple. Um, dun dun dun! Oh, that's right. That takes this takes up the second half of Acts. Sure. Didn't he kind of get voted out though? No, like he, he shows up once. He never really like, got voted in. <laughs> so, yeah. There's a backstory there that I would love to know. They they're like, Paul, you're cool. You go do your thing over there. Right. We're doing our thing <laughs> over here. You're so Nobody cool, man. Nobody talk to him. And then they fight a little bit and. Paul wins the fight. Okay, if you keep talking about it now, we're not going to have to do an episode on it. So. <laughs> this is a if you liked this episode, find us at beyondsundaypodcast.com. Uh, send us an email about your favorite of the four Gospels. Let us know what you liked and what parts of you uh, have questions about at beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, thank you. thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday. Stay out of those tanning beds, folks. <laughs> yeah, highly recommend not <laughs> doing that. Discourage. <laughs>